All right. Hey, Jack fans. Welcome back to Part Me, Alex. I hope you're excited for this one because we got a absolute electric. Stellar guest. Electric guest. Stellar. I know. So we just got done recording with our special guest and um, we wanted to record a kind of anniversary podcast for the anniversary of our Duke win. Let's just Duke upset. Yeah. Yeah. And if... 2020 is the year that, like, if there's anything we can be thankful for, we can be thankful that one year ago on this day, we beat Duke. For sure. I mean... A hundred percent. We can celebrate that. I think we... Well, actually, I know, because in, in prep for this, I went back and listened to our, our podcast last year. Right. After the game, and we said, new Thanksgiving tradition will be to watch to watch the Duke win, so... And it that'll probably be the only basketball we watch that day, I mean, since our... Yeah, we don't... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Since we may not have a, a Thanksgiving Day game. Who knows? We Supposedly. don't know. Supposedly. We don't know what's going on. But anywho, enough about that. We wanted to quickly kind of give you a, Just a little small intro. little intro before we get over into the actual interview. Um, and of course, our interview guest is the one, the only, Nate Bain. Mr. Mr. Layup, last minute layup is what I called him I during like, the podcast. I like that last minute, moniker. You yeah. can't put that on the I, I did. I like, like Last minute layup. Like, Mr. Last minute layup. Because when we have, like, Mr. Four Point Play yeah. with Dez, you got to give Nate something. You know? So, Mr. Last minute layup. Yeah. Perfect. I, like I love it, too. Um, so, with Nate, he obviously is not in Nacogdoches anymore. He lives in Colleen. And so, we had to do a quick little, like, no, I wouldn't say quick. It's... Kind of lengthy. Um, a virtual Zoom with him. Uh, and so, you know, there may be some moments where you can't really hear what he's saying, and that's okay. 2020 and technical difficulties. And yeah. Just 2020. It's just 2020 all kind of summed up into one. But we so. had him to talk about it. We so. did. We did. And so we just wanted to, again, give you guys a fun little anniversary present and uh, from us to you. And I hope you enjoy it. It. It's pretty magical. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you need a refresher to go back and listen to our, our podcast from, from last year afterwards, we give all the background you could ever want on, mm-hmm. on Duke mm-hmm. and coming into the game. But yeah, few <clears throat> few little reminders. It was a 150-game home non-conference win streak that we snapped. We sure did, didn't um, we? It was almost 20 years they had gone that they had not lost a non-conference game at home. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the first one since February 26th of 2000 versus St. John. That just seems like so long ago, 2000. I mean, so it's... It 19 years. Yeah. Uh, Duke was the 27.5 point favorite. Mm-hmm. We had like a less than 2% chance, I think, of winning Very, very small. Very small. Last time when I, when I checked on, uh, when I went back and looked at the graphic from ESPN, mm-hmm. I mean, it was literally all Duke and then like a small little sliver yeah. of SFA. So yeah. when I went back and watched it, uh, they said it was the largest college basketball betting upset in the last 15 seasons. So if you bet on us for that game, you're welcome. You could you can be our show your daddy now. Oh, I mean that's how much money you probably have. Um, <laughs> but because you made bank. Last other note, and we we discussed this with Nate during the, mm-hmm. the podcast you'll get to listen to. But um, we scored 64, I think, points in the paint on them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the most points in the paint that Duke had given up thus far that season was 34. So we pretty much doubled that. I mean, an absolute, I mean, what just, what are memorable experience, not only for us, the fans, but also for the players. I mean, and it's not often that you can say that a, we played and went to, to, to Cameron and Dorn played first of all. Um, and it's 
not many people, very small percentage of teams can say that they made a major upset of a number one ranked team. Um, it was just, and the way that it happened too, it was just monumental. The way that it happened last minute, over time, last second, missed a layup, I'm telling you. Um, and then, of course, just from our perspective in the stands, yeah. it was just an absolute just whirlwind. I mean, for like a good five minutes after it happened, I was still standing there like just in shock. Like, did that literally just happen? I'm just here like, oh, we, shit. We posted oh, a shit. video that yeah. you can go watch. We did. Us. We did. I posted it today. Doing half, just that. YouTube is mean and like half of it may be uh, uh, muted out because there's like songs in the background that the band's playing or like that the PA is playing. Oh, but I got the email. It said that that song's only blocked in the country Andorra or something. Oh, okay, good. Know, I don't even know where that is. I don't know. Okay, because it said that it was partially blocked in some countries, and I'm like, ah, yeah, crap. In the, the email, it listed the only blocked country it listed was Andorra, and I don't even know where that is. So you should all be able to hear all of it. Oh, good. And again, not I... Not that there was any audio from us to hear, because we were speechless. Well, and there were there were points where I'm literally just saying, like, oh, shit, oh, shit, oh, shit. So I apologize <laughs> For any, sorry, not sorry. I mean, yeah, profane language, really? um, small ears, earmuffs it, but like, I mean, can you blame us? We were taken by kind of surprise there at the end. Just like, we have a chance. Oh, shit. oh God. Oh, God. Oh, God. It was a wild It was just wild. Day. And so we hope that you enjoy Nate's kind of take on the entire game and hit from his perspective and, you know, just everything revolving the pregame before they even went to Camden Door. We talk about... Um, finding out that they scheduled Duke, what that was like. We talk about pregame, um, how he felt during pregame. Did he do anything different? We talked about um, the actual the game. Af- yeah, the aftermath of the game. Mm-hmm. Updates on um, the hurricane relief and all the rebuilding of his family's uh, church and home and school in the Bahamas. So we really just kind of went over everything and um, give you just, again, a little bit more of inside scoop on Nate and the Duke game from who else but the guy who got it the dub for us. Um, real quickly, before everybody uh, runs away, I do have something fun to show. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got this made. <clears throat> I just need to find a spot for it. So the frame is pieces of the old William R. Johnson court. And yeah. framed is one of the, now my dog's growling, one right. of the newspaper Sorry, articles Gabby. about us winning. Yeah. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Anyway, I had it made. And uh, they're also going to be available in, um, well, they were available in the uh, alumni oh, yeah. auction. So if you missed out on that, again... Sorry, not sorry. Sorry about you. Sorry about you. Um, so we really hope you all enjoy this special episode. Yes. And have a happy Thanksgiving. <sighs> Can't wait to talk about Lumberjack basketball the next few weeks and then, of course, the first home game. So hopefully you uh, stick around. And again, always remember, Axe and Jacks. With Alex and Jacks. Enjoy. Hello, everyone. As you can see, we have Mr. Nate Bain himself, Mr. Duke Wynn, Mr. Last Minute Layup. On our podcast, we wanted to do a fun little anniversary podcast. Much anticipated special guest. So yeah, since yeah. we're, the day y'all will be listening to this is the one year anniversary of the Duke win. So who else to have but Nate? What better guest? Um, yeah. So to prep for this, I watched the game again for like the fifth time. So uh, have you watched the game since you played it? Yeah, I watched it one time, but not for, you know, 
just to see what we did during the game, but just trying to get better. Uh, to see the mistakes we to see the mistakes we made. Right. And, you know, let's see what we could have did, you know, moving into the year. And then we made a lot of mistakes. We did make a lot of mistakes that game. We got lucky a few times coming down late. I really like to keep. Yeah, I mean, it was a hell of a game. Being there in person, it was just an absolute, just anxiety-driven game on our end. I can't even imagine what it was on y'all's end. But, um, yeah, go ahead, Jack. So, so when you very first found out you were playing Duke, what was your initial gut reaction? You know, it was just like another big game. You know, we played a big game for the past, like uh, West Virginia, Baylor, uh, Alabama. Champs like that, you know, we're like trying to get on the, those power five promises. But I mean, it, we just, you know, on top of the basketball, we're like consistently every year. So it was another big game, but it was a game that could have been that, you know, could really like got a boy that's a face name, you know, out there. Right. Definitely. Absolutely. Um, so, like you said, y'all, I mean, y'all have played some other really big schools too, but tell us kind of what the, what the, Scouting report, what your kind of game prep was for that game, if there was anything different that y'all did or kind of special mindset going in. Uh, third and Coach Keller, he prepared us really well. We did, you know, our regular practice routine and stuff, you know, scouting, watching film on, you know, our individual position and, you know, in their sets. But in the hotel, like the night before the game, we, we showed us a stat sheet that it had. Right. Typical Keller, typical Keller. That's sounds like him for sure. Um, yeah, so kind of just like maybe take us through that morning, like the game day morning, um, waking up. No, it's after. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, like waking up, did you have a feeling that something special or magical was going to happen? Or was it more like, hey, I'm just ecstatic to play in Cameron Indoor. You know, this is a cool once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Or did you kind of have in your bones like, ah, uh, you know, something cool's gonna happen or normal game day. Uh, it was normal game day. We went to we went to Cameron when we got there. I guess like night or two before I was even when we got there. Right. But when we got there, we went to we ran right away to the gym. You know, so everybody could get on system. Like you know, it's Cameron Indoor Stadium, mm-hmm. and the gym itself is historic, but it's not as big as I thought it was gonna be. Oh, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Kind of like a like a pretty solid sized college gym. It's just like so many so many jerseys in the Raptors. It's like yeah. they get guys sitting. So I guess I, people kind of got out of their system. I honestly don't think I took a picture inside there because I, I didn't want to. <laughs> but, There's plenty of pictures of you. Other people took. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, so I, mean, I didn't take a picture. I think a few guys didn't take pictures because it was like I mean 
It just felt, it felt weird taking a picture of your opponent's stadium. True. Yeah. No, I get that. That's a good point. That's a good point. I never would have honestly thought of it like that, but. It was more so for the people who came on the trip. Like, um, I mean, some of the coaches, because, you know, coaching connect is pretty, the coaching web is pretty extensive and, you know, and the managers liked it. But that morning waking up, did our same routine, you know, get up, go to breakfast, go back to the room for a little bit. Uh, shoot around, mm-hmm. come back to the gym. I mean, go back to the hotel, use snack, take a nap. <laughs> what Normal was, game day. What was y'all's pregame meal? I was going to say, yeah, what was your <laughs> snack? What was your pregame? What was our pregame meal? I have no idea. I mean, I thought y'all would have, like, repeated it for every game right. after that. After that, it's the same pregame meal. It just give the same juju. Uh, we, we switched it up quite a bit. We switched it up. Switch it up a lot, honestly. Probably depends on where you're at. Huh? It probably depends on like where you're at, or maybe what what options. Yeah, yeah what options are available. Yeah, main, mainly we all we would have like like grilled chicken or steak. Some protein. Or, yeah, some protein and pasta. Yeah, but that makes sense. I don't remember. <laughs> so let's just like give a little comparison. So walking through the doors, like maybe during shoot around or, or pregame, um, when there's nobody in the nobody in there, just y'all. Um, and then the difference between that and walking in like through the tunnel, running in when all the crazies and all the fans were there. Like, what what's the difference there? You know, what was your first impression? Did it live up to the hype? The Cameron crazies? Yeah, yeah, it did. It, <laughs> that definitely. I would say caught me off guard, but it's like, man, this place really does get this place is bumping. Really does get crazy. Yeah. So we, when we came out, it wasn't, you know, people were still trickling into the gym or what's not. Mm-hmm. And then again, close to the game time, like, like we came in, we went to the locker room and came back out, and I was like, was this much people inside here before? Like, it was, <laughs> it was like every seat got taken up in the span of like five minutes. And I was like, all right, so this is going to be a game where you, you couldn't hear anything on the court. Like, someone standing right next to you, it's like, you have to like yell at them right next to you. It's like, it was. Like loud. I was going to say, that's that's a good point. I mean, communication obviously is so key during the game between y'all players on the court. You know, if, if it's so loud in there, that's that's why that Cameron Indoor has such a reputation yeah. Oh, yeah. of messing up teams because it is just deafening in there. So that makes sense. Yeah. And yeah, you know, credit to the coach that got me Yeah. It did work. Yeah, it does most of the time. Yeah, that for definitely. twenty for twenty years at least. For sure. Unbroken. I know it totally. <laughs> <laughs> So, what did y'all think about, or did y'all even notice that Coach K, one of his assistants, were both wearing a purple tie? Did y'all notice that? I didn't notice that. Mm-hmm. So we noticed it, and then of course the you know the commentators were like, "I wonder if they knew that they were purple." I know. I just thought it was funny. It is really funny. Um, I don't know. So, speaking of Coach K, speaking of Coach K, so <laughs> obviously Coach K is just you know world renowned coach. Everybody knows Coach K. Um, did you ever have opportunity to meet him or shake his hand? Uh, maybe pre-game. I'm sure you did probably post-game. Um, what was that like? Yeah, not pre-game. 
Miles, he didn't, see, didn't really see him until, like, tip-off. Okay. Like, you know, just, just looking around a little bit, you know. I just always look around the gym when I'm getting ready to uh, tip-off. Yeah. Yeah. Just kind of taking it all in. Yeah, you know, feel the atmosphere was not good. Uh, a certain time after the game, I think he was kind of in shock because he kind of just... Like, yeah, he was definitely I'm sure shocked. he was. <laughs> Duh, I bet he didn't have much to say. <laughs> no, I mean, the other coaches and the other coaches were talking, you know, the line of the game, you know, the line of the game, and this was like, who's out of there? Like, someone hit him over the head with a bat or something. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, he was Pretty literally much. knocked off his feet. <laughs> Um, because it was just a crazy, crazy upset. Okay, yeah, so let's talk about that a little bit, the game. Um, so, well, we, we kind of talked about how, you know, even though it, wa- it wasn't as, as packed as a normal Duke game, like, it was still pretty crazy. So, yeah. I mean, most of the game you you felt like it was it was hard to communicate. It was, like, really loud. Um, do you feel like that was the toughest atmosphere that you've played in so far? Oh, 100%. Yeah, that's a, good, that's a good thing to point out. That is a very good thing, and that is so true. It's like when people are cheering for you and, like, you, they have that energy behind you, you know, it's giving you guys motivation, and then when you have people literally yelling against you, like, especially at Cameron because they're literally right there, you know, <laughs> kind of almost like at William R., you know, if they're against you, man, it is hard to pay attention and hard to hear, totally. Did you feel like it was the toughest game you've ever played as far as, like, in your career, the opponent wise, yeah, yeah. Uh, the opponent, I think they've been a really good team on top of what we played them. Made them like really, really hard to play against. I feel like we've played against, like, like I've had an opportunity to play against like better teams, like you know, more like, like senior people and more people and all stuff. But as far as like the atmosphere on top of how good the team was, you know, they were young. Kind of made them like, like really, really hard to play against. Mm-hmm. But they were super young guys. I feel like, like it's funny because I even like saw Cassius Stanley in high school when I was like ready in college. And it was weird because it was like it was like a temporary when I was in the freshman or something. Where did he play in high school? I think he went to school in North Carolina. Okay. Oh, I was. I think he was in North Carolina and then he went to California and then <laughs> came back. Okay. Yeah. He wasn't as athletic as I thought he was going to be. Yeah. He's good. I mean, he's a good player. I was a freak. Yeah, he was. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so a little bit more kind of like game from the perspective of you as the player. So, like, walk us through the game. You don't necessarily have to walk us through, like, the whole game, but, like, as from the player's perspective, because, um, of course, we're up in the stands cheering, which we were. Um, we know how it kind of looks from our perspective. Maybe tell us a little bit from your perspective, being on the court, you know, how the game kind of went down. You know, do you think that it, obviously, it didn't really go as probably, <laughs> I mean, nobody plans for to go to overtime versus Duke in Duke and then yeah. beat them in overtime. Um, but I guess just give us a little perspective on the court, you know, during the game. Uh, I mean, I feel like we, we followed a pretty tight game plan pretty well. Know, trying to contain 
trying to contain the big dude. Yeah. Gary, yeah. As possible as I was trying to not foul out Dark Dude. Don't don't foul out the, the, <laughs> Don't foul out Nate. Yeah, he he was he was big. He was a major key just because he was bigger than everybody on our entire roster. Yeah. Right. So trying to contain him and not fouling them and, and taking bad shots because they, I mean, they run a lot too. You know, they, they get up and down the floor. But that was a big thing. Taking shots that we do what we give an advantage. Because, I mean, our team was in great shape. But, I mean, you don't want to get to a, you know, a runoff all the time. Yeah, and, that's very true. The only thing, like another thing, we tried to do a seat of their point guard, uh, Jones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, John did a really good job of that. That's because they only had one point guard, and we had a few people we could put at the point. Yes. Yeah. And I think we actually really good because he was really tired at the end of the game. But I wouldn't say he he said he was really tired at the end of the game. I don't believe it. <laughs> 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 did not show any sign of exhaustion one time the whole game. Yeah. And he played the whole. Right. Uh, you know, just try to make that make it make it out of the place for the side Jones and Bernie Carey. That was what they like the heart of their team. And I think we did that pretty well. I would say we didn't foul, but they shot about forty three throws. So Yeah, no, so I mean I th- I guess I had forgotten how bad the the foul trouble was until I watched it back. Yeah, today. I totally forgot as well. Um, but I think we had like four guys with four fouls and multiple guys with three fouls. So, mm-hmm. I mean, during the game, was that making you anxious how much foul trouble we had? Because, like, Gavin had yeah. four, Kevon had four. I think you had three or four. Almost all the starters had major foul it trouble. It was very cl- – it got to where, the, I mean, Keller couldn't take any of y'all out because we didn't have anybody else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Charlie had fouled out pretty sure. And I had four. He had four. I think Rocky had three. John, poor John, cramping up. Yeah, so it was like, uh, I think I remember Coach Wayne saying something, and Coach, and um, and Chris is like, you know, uh, there's like, you know, three of them got four thoughts. He's like, well, yeah, I take him out, so hopefully they don't foul out. And I was like, and I did, I do remember him saying that, and I was like, man, I really don't want to foul. And I actually remember seeing a play. I remember I had picked up my fourth foul. Wasn't a foul, but anyways. <laughs> no, never. One of the dudes drove, he kind of drove by me and I kind of budged him a little bit and I did not want to foul out so I kind of did like a little, like a, ah, just a little, little old lady defense. Right. Like, sorry. We just have to get this bucket back. I'm sorry. I, I don't want to foul out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah. So when y'all went into halftime, at that point, did you think like we might have a shot at winning this or did you think they were about to just pull away? Because, I mean, no. Duke's kind of like that. It's it. like a like a cat playing with its little mouse, and it's yeah. just gonna let it think it's gonna live, and then they're gonna like come back and destroy you. you at the end. Yeah. Yeah, I knew we, I knew we were gonna have a like have a great chance because we called the timeout, and you know, Coach Keller he, he really good at letting like you know players he deem a dude on the team be vocal. And I told him I was like, yo, if we can go into halftime down five, we can win this game because we've gone down fifteen. Now like, no, that's fine. Like. Kevon was really good with it. Him and John is like, you know, we're down 15. It's like, don't worry about it. They had their run. They're going to get relaxed. Not that turn to get the run. And I looked at the clock. And I was like, 
It's going to get into halftime. I'm down five. And Coach Keller reiterated to try with that. Yeah. Coach so, Keller reiterated to just like down five. So how was it in the locker room at halftime? What was kind of the, the halftime speech? Yeah, what did Keller say to kind of, you know, did he say anything that was kind of like a motivator? Or was it, what was it like? Uh, he motivated us pretty well. He was like, he was telling us, you know, just to, you know, stay calm. You know, just keep playing, stick to the game plan, you know. Don't get don't, don't get into a, a track meet with them. Mm. Like, um, you know, take good shots, you know, give, put ourselves in a position to to uh, to win the game, you know. Yeah. He was like, he was just telling us that, um, like, they're going to make runs, they're going to make shots, they're at home, you know, they're going to do stuff. He's like, you know, just, just keep taking it to them. They're going to break at some point. That's and a good that was, point. That was, you know, that was and y'all did, and I, I will say, so my dad and I were kind of texting the whole time through the game, and the commentator said this too whenever I went back and watched it. Mm-hmm. It was like the, the farther into the game that it got, and we were, we were hanging with them and, you know, making it work for it. It's like yeah. the farther along we got, the better it was for us because then the more the more they had to lose and the more kind of unsettled they got. Um, yeah. So I think y'all did a good job of that because especially like coming back out and I'd forgotten how terribly we started the, yeah, the, second, the second half, half because immediately had a turnover in John's third yeah. foul and it's like that could have just taken the wind out of our sails and mm-hmm. rolled over and given up. But I mean, y'all just were not were not ready to give up yet. No, you were relentless <laughs> and I feel like that's kind of almost one of the main themes of that game was just you were just relentless. You Every time that they would make a, you know, three-pointer, two-pointer, y'all would come back and score and keep it close the whole time. You know, it wasn't – at no point during the game, I think we kind of all – we looked at each other multiple times during the game like, it's possible. Like, we can do this. Like, it, it could happen. Like, we're not so far behind that it's just like, nah, nah, there's no way. You know, we were sticking yeah. – you know, we were with them. We, we, were kept, we were keeping up with the big dogs. And so I feel like, you know – Towards the end of the game, end of regulation, heading into, you know, almost <laughs> overtime, once the end of regulation happened and it was tied, how did y'all feel going into overtime? I mean, was it like, okay, guys, like, we, we got yeah. this. We, we, this. This can happen. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was, you know, a feeling of, all right, we're pushing them, we pushing them harder than they've been pushed this year, you know. But, yeah. And um, we're not sure they're ready. Like, we... The coaching staff believed that they weren't ready for that type of pressure in overtime mm-hmm. when they were young. Yes. Yeah. We had three. And we had Gavin who had played in NCAA before. So he had experience too, you know, playing, you know, uh, at a high level mm-hmm. late game. Now, how, how, how to handle that. Defensive, the two dudes, they did handle it pretty well. But they did start taking, you know, some, they took some tough shots. They probably could have waited for a quick yeah. shot. And that's just. That's another great thing that y'all did because my dad and I talked about this too. It's like I think a lot of teams like us when they play huge teams like Duke, they Mm -hmm. they think that they have to really do well in their three point game Mm -hmm. to be able to like make up for the deficit and compensate. And 
you know, we didn't have anyone who anyone who's just like a straight three point shooter. You know, we have a few guys who can shoot the three, but none of none of y'all that's really like your strong point. And so I think the fact that we just focused on What's defense, our strength? yeah, and trying to take it in. I mean, we, turnovers, turnovers. We scored like sixty four points in the paint. Most mm-hmm. people only score like thirty points in the paint against yeah. Duke. Yeah. So like we stuck to our game and did what we do best and didn't try to just. Take a bunch of Try to go toe for toe you know? with them on yeah. on the three ball. I mean, again, like you said, that that's we wouldn't have won that game at all if we would have tried to you know match them ball for ball trying to hit threes. I mean, we played to our strengths, which was you know in the paint forcing turnovers. I mean, like creating disruption, and so that's <clears> what you know what we needed to do to win. And boom, we got it. So yeah, like going into overtime, having that you know what was that you know that whistle you know as soon as regulation was over you know y'all. You know, uh, huddle up there, trying to get ready for overtime. Do you remember what was maybe talked about or said, or you know, something maybe Coach Keller was, said? Was a yeah. Was, well, from us too. Gary <laughs> tried to save the ball, and then I tried to save it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We yep. messed up our out of bounds defense really bad. It was <laughs> awful. I think it's going to be all overcome. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Because they do a lot. It was we got it terrible. Cassius Stanley ended up on ESPN top ten. He almost broke the rim. No, it was so bad. We remember. <laughs> I was like, God. So I just like I didn't want to guard out of bounds defense. I also was like, I don't think we're ready for it right now. I don't think we're focused on the out of bounds defense. And I swung it. I tried to swing it down court, but I didn't get a good grip, and it like literally landed right in his hands. I was like, Oh my God! Uh, and then. <laughs> And, like, Rotti saved the game. Rotti honestly saved the game at the end of regulation, and he saved the game in overtime. Mm-hmm. Because he, he went and contested uh, Stanley perfectly. It was amazing. I, I like, rewinded it, like, ten times. I'm like, Rotti, <laughs> Yeah. I agree with that. I mean, obviously, yeah, you hit that layup at the buzzer, but, I mean, to be fair, if Rotti didn't steal, steal that ball and create yeah. that, then you would never would have had that opportunity to do that. Um but like so so let's talk about that for a second, the layup. I was like, I have to know, like we have to know what was going through your head, like what was running through your head when you were literally sprinting down the court at l- as fast as you little legs can take you with time ticking down, you know, with that layup and it going in at the buzzer. I mean, we almost passed out in the stands, almost in tears. I mean, <laughs> what was going through your head in those moments? Because I didn't see Rocky stealing it until I, I didn't see him knock it down until I rewatched the film. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of on that side. And I saw when Gavin Joe won it, so I was like, oh, we got the ball. I thought he was going to take a time out. Right. And I looked at him. I didn't even call for the ball. He just threw it to me. And I was like, oh, crap. So, <laughs> I, did not, I, I didn't call for the ball. <laughs> this was not my ball. I didn't call for the ball. I was just standing there, and I was like, well, we got to go, go to double OT, and I was like, I might pass out if we go double OT. And he still was like, well, that was good. I like took off, and I, I, I took a little gaze up at the clock. I was like, all right, I got like three seconds. I could definitely make it. Mm-hmm. I looked behind me, but I looked the wrong way because I could hear this dude breathing in my ear, and I was like, oh, I'm going to get blocked. You're going to get blocked, yeah. Really fast when you watch it on film, but in that moment, I 
didn't see the bubble in the hoop. I looked up, but I was kind of behind the backboard, so I couldn't tell if it went through. And I looked over, and David was like already running off the bench. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh crap, we did it! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you did it all right. Was there ever any point where you thought, I won't have time, I'm going to have to pull up and shoot? Or yeah. did you pretty much know you had time to make the layup? Uh, I wouldn't. I didn't feel like I could like a hundred percent had time. But I was like, I feel like I can get it off to where they, you know, maybe, maybe go look at it. Yeah, but true. Never once in my mind that I thought of pulling up. Okay, know? that's that's good because you well, were first confident. of all, since we were tied up, there really wasn't any like it wasn't do or die. We could have gone. We could have gone a two overtime, or two, and, you know? and yeah. Um, but dad, my dad and I talked about it, and the commentator said the same thing. Like, because a lot of times in that situation, the mistake that's made is you kind of panic and think, oh, I don't have time to make the full length of the court, so let me pull up and shoot, and it's just a much harder shot to make. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you know. Um, so, way better that you went for the layup. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like the layup was just so much more dramatic, too. I mean, if you would have pulled up and made it, okay, great. I mean, yes, off the buzzer, fantastic, but that layup, just at the last, ooh, like reaching over into the basket was just, I mean, it was absolute money. And then just the aftermath, the complete and utter chaos of people in the stands screaming, yelling. I mean, Johnny on the freaking floor cramping up. I thought Johnny just fell on the ground like in excitement. We were like, is he dead? <laughs> like, I thought he just fell over because of excitement. But no, poor guy was cramping up on the court, couldn't even move his body. I mean, just absolute chaos. I mean, you get interviewed, you get the media coverage, and then all the GoFundMe stuff. I mean... and. I mean, just insanity. So kind of just tell us about directly after the game, you know, getting interviewed and all that fun stuff. Uh, I mean, you know, after the game, you know, we shook hands with night. Everyone was still, like, super excited. Right. Uh, I wanted to go into the locker room. I wanted to go right inside the locker room. But they're like, nah, nah, I'm about to interview I'm like, dang. So I was like, guys, whatever, you know. So they interviewed me, and then and I just got to thinking about, you know, the hurricane and stuff that had happened. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know, it was it was a major, major win for us to play, but it felt really big, you know, just for me personally, mm-hmm. because I wanted to go home early in the year, because uh, you know, just you know, for obvious reasons, mm-hmm. I wanted to I wanted to leave like in September and then like you know probably come back, on, like right before the season started or I don't know when I would have came back, but my dad had called Coach Keller like when I spoke to Coach Keller. And I, I, I left class early one day. I even went to the talk and you know, I wasn't really feeling I wasn't feeling so good, you know, about the whole situation. And he was like, my dad already had already called him, you know, because wow. so he knew I was wanted to come home. And mm-hmm. like, well, my dad told, told me not to let you go home, otherwise I would have I would have bought you a ticket today. And my dad called me, he's like, you know, like you have you have a, you have you know, you have a mission to do. Like you it's your last year as a student athlete, like, you know, you have have things you need to get done this year. Mm-hmm. You think we're gonna be okay? So I was like, all right. So that was kind of a motivator for me. And uh, the team was really good too, but they were trying to keep us spirits up and what's not. Right. And every year, you know, teams have stuff that go on. We have a bunch of stuff going on internally with players personally. Mm-hmm. And I think I did a really good job of you know, keeping uh, keeping us together, especially that year. With, you know, all the stuff we had, all the things we went through personally as a team. And that was big. That's just stuff that put on my mind during the interview. And Coach Kelly was like, mention the GoFundMe. And then he was like, walked up. I was like, all right, I was laughing. You have to put a GoFundMe in it. Took off. It worked. So, and, 
It did. When you say it took off, it did. Uh I... I was, I mean, I was, we're keeping track of it, like, on yeah. our end, just looking, just, like, every single hour of every day, it just continued to grow and grow, and people writing comments, and people, people that weren't even SFA fans, but they were watching the game, and they were just so moved by just the fact that, A, we beat Duke, and then, B, you know, your story, you know, like, crazy, just, I mean, yeah. So, all those emotions of, you know, everything that you were talking about in the the post-game interview right after, was that kind of the moment where you were like, yeah, I made the right decision staying and not Mm -hmm. going back home? Yeah, because, you know, who who knows what happened during that game. Maybe somebody else would have had the opportunity, but... Yeah. I mean, just something you just would never know what would have happened. And I was just really sad that I I stayed and made a decision not to go home. It would change. It, It definitely, it helped my people back home. Yeah. Helped a lot of people. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. So all the interviews that you did after the game, like what, maybe tell us like who was the, who was the person you got interviewed by that you felt like the most like Like, in awe of, you know, or like the most just unexpected thing that came for you personally from all the, all the interviews and attention. Uh. I honestly don't know. I got interviewed from so many different people. Like in that, from that, from the from after the game, I interviewed from you know, the people I do, mm-hmm. and that on the bus we were waiting for a call from like ESPN, and I forgot the name of the dude. He's on ESPN like early in the morning. Oh. He does like the top. He does the top ten. Uh, the top ten down now, like days of the week and whatnot. Forgot his name. And of course, Ray knows him, but I think that was probably one of the, you know, the more funny interviews because you know I always hear him all the time. And those comments down the top ten, but it was fun. Yeah, that makes it was fun after. Yeah, I got. Yeah. Well, and then you and Wade went to that. Um, was it the CNN Heroes? Yeah. Yeah, that was really cool too. So that was a cool experience. I bet. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so I mean, they got us a they got us a, a private jet to New York. Well, I'll be damned. That was that was a fun experience. I'm sure that was cool. Got to meet like a whole lot of a whole lot of like you know Hollywood megastars like um, like uh, uh, yeah, like Lenny plays on uh, what's the Netflix show called Supernatural? Oh, like Jensen Eccles or Jared Padalecki. Those are the people that are on Supernatural. Okay. I don't know, but I know you met that one woman <laughs> who, I don't know what else she's on, but she was on Desperate Housewives a long time ago. Uh, yeah. Oh. I can't think of her name. She... Alfrey Woodard. Mm. Alfrey Woodard. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 She was really nice. She's cool. like a, I mean, she's a grandma in real life. Like, she actually has, like, grandkids. But you can tell she's, like, an actual, like, stereotypical grandma. Like, we was inside, like, the room waiting to go on stage, and she was just talking to me. And like she left the way, and I would like stick my phone out. I would text my mom like, "Yo, I'm talking to Alfie. What a great!" And then she was like, "That game was so fun to watch." And I was like, "She watched the game, like right?" She's like, "You want a piece of candy?" And I was like, like "You want some Werthers in my purse or something?" Like typical grandma. <laughs> oh, 
That's awesome. That is so cool. So you did mention the bus ride. Um, I think it was it was kind of cool on our end too because uh, you know the y'all were coming out and we were waiting on everyone after the game and we were out there you know in the kind of like in the lobby area cheering and going crazy and waiting for everybody to come out and then you finally did and then of course you guys got on the bus um so what was that bus ride to the airport because you all left like immediately after that to go to the airport right yeah yeah we yeah we uh after we got the interview started and it got done, and um, we got dropped to the airport. The bus ride was crazy. Everyone was just like making snap, making Snapchats, you know, just <laughs> messaging people back. Everybody's phone was blowing up. It took me a while for my phone to work because then it crashed. <laughs> so many people were like my phone. I couldn't even touch. I just had to like leave it. <laughs> oh my god! I'm sure. Yeah, your phone was probably blowing up. Um, it was pretty late, I know, obviously, you guys getting to the airport, but did anybody recognize you guys? Was anybody at the airport to be like, oh, y'all just beat Duke kind of a thing? Because I know that when we went in the morning, the next morning to the airport, we had our SFA stuff on, and, it, like, multiple people yeah. were like, yeah, go SFA, beat Duke. Huh? Like, they were, I mean, we were getting cheered in the in the lines, so. Yeah, there are people that were just like, yeah, yeah, that was a big game last night. You know, people were just like, you know. You know, just going crazy, like, man, that was that was a crazy game. Like, you know, there's so much odds stacked against you. People were like, you, you won me a lot of money. Stuff like that. You won me a lot of money? That, they said that, too. I remember there was a couple, there was one person that said, yeah, I bet on that game. I won a lot of money. I'm like, oh, my God. I'm glad you did. That's great. Yeah. That's so uh-huh. funny. So funny. It was just wild. I mean, even... You know, even coming to the game, coming to Durham, we were recognized on the plane like, oh, yeah, you guys are playing Duke this weekend. Or we saw people that were actually going to the game with us that from SFA. And so it was just really cool experience yeah. for a lot of people. And then they, you know, recognized our little our little emblem and said, oh, yeah, y'all beat Duke. It was just a really cool experience. So do you have any plans of visiting your, your jersey and your shoes at the Basketball Hall of Fame? I do at some point. Okay, cool. Maybe maybe next spring. Probably not spring break. I'm going to try to go down. Uh, I would go in the summer, but wedding. Right. Stuff. So, uh, so I'm going to try to go in the spring because she wanted to go with me too. So Yeah, of course. I'm trying to see if we can get a few people down. We can all just snow. Go look at history. Absolutely. How shocked were you? How, how did they go about like contacting you to ask you for that? Like, How does that work? <laughs> Uh, Coach Coach Keller, I did got in contact with. Uh, I think they got in contact with the basketball uh, people at the basketball office. Mm. And then Coach Keller called me and he told me, and I was like, "You serious right now?" I was like, "What? Like what Hall of Fame are you talking? There's only one College Basketball Hall of Fame." <laughs> I was like, "Wow!" I just I didn't really know what to say because I was like, "Dang, that's like that's big like time." You know, think about you know having the jersey, having the jersey, you know, inside a, uh, a Hall of Fame somewhere. And it's just like yeah. When it actually happens, you know, you don't even know how to react. Yeah, I would be. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure it's a very humbling moment. You're like, me, me, you know, kind of a thing. So that's just fantastic. What a what a cool moment. Yeah, yeah. So I know you just mentioned, obviously, next year getting married, um, and we're so happy for you guys getting married. And, of course, obviously, we saw you propose at the very end of the season. Um, so, yeah, just give us a current life update on that. Um, you said you were getting married, you said in the summer, correct? Yeah, 
Right, yeah. Sorry about the That's awesome. That's fantastic. Yeah, we're we're so excited for you um with your future and um of course you said you mentioned before we started recording that you're, you know, working in Colleen and that you're you know, you're working working with Kines, uh in working with people on the base, right? Over there at the Military base. Yeah, yeah. So the recovery facility, cryotherapy facility. We do a couple other stuff on the base. Uh, well, inside the facility. Mm-hmm. So we got like military vets. Uh, we got like you know, military. Well, they listen to the military. Yeah, uh, like students, student athletes. You know, anybody who can come in and do that facility. Yeah, that's awesome. It's pretty good down here, clean right now. I'm really excited. Awesome. Yeah, so you're happy. You're happy where you're at, and you're excited for your future. It sounds like. Yeah. Well, good. Super, super exciting. So, yeah. Just kind of last little wrap up. So, kind of tell us, like, how how are your parents doing now? Have you have you been back to see them since the season was over? And kind of how's the rebuild going? Uh, so they uh, they pretty much got everything we built that they needed to. You know, just the day they passed through starting, and I still put them back on. And uh, I I haven't had a chance to go see them just because you know COVID and travel. Yeah. Mm. Real tricky getting in and out of the Bahamas right now. So, uh, but parents told me they're not to come home just yet. They're gonna get a solid, a solid okay to be back and forth. Right. But That's I smart. I talk to them like every day. Oh, good. So That's fantastic. I've been in contact with them. They're happy with how, I guess, my life is starting out. Good. <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> gotta keep mom and dad happy. Absolutely. And that's fantastic that, I mean, pretty much everything's been rebuilt that was destroyed, right? Yeah, I've got the church renovated, house renovated. Good. Patched up. That's awesome. And that's that's important. Good. Well, that's cool. That's fantastic, Nate. I'm telling you, man. I mean, our experience in the stands, I'm sure, was only half as exciting as what it was on the court after you guys won. And mm-hmm. I mean, again, we were too far up to rush the court, but dang it, we wanted to. And it was just hard because on this on the seats there, you know, they're bleachers, but there's like pads. There's like seating pads on the seats. So it was just it was hard for us to like because everybody's standing. We're short. Yeah. We're trying to see over people. You know, I'm I'm literally standing behind a tall person, like with this much like viewing room, just like watching, you know, the whole time. Um and we're standing the whole time and we wanted to jump down, but there were people in front of us, we'd have knocked them over, but I mean, it was a crazy, crazy experience on our end, and I'm sure it was, again, just as crazy yeah. for you. Um, but we're so thankful that you wanted to come and talk to us today. I know. We're so excited to get to see you again. Yeah. Um, we miss you on the court, even do. though it we're, hasn't season hasn't started yet, but yeah, we're going to miss you on the court. We're going to miss you. You know, we, we've talked about you before on, well, we talked about you a lot on our a uh, lot. Like preseason podcast yeah. we just did, but... 
Your your presence is gonna be missed, cause man, you were you were quite the larger than life like personality personality that we got to luckily be on the front row and interact with constantly. Yeah. Um. You know, during so the game. Much fun. So whether you were in the game or not on the court or not, you were always in the game. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Literally keeping everybody hyped up. So it was you were a joy to watch even when you weren't playing. So mm-hmm. we miss you, man. <laughs> Glad you're doing well. Glad I miss you guys too. You got- to interact with. <laughs> <laughs> well, we try. We try. But was, you make it easy. So. Yeah, it was definitely yeah. make it easy for sure. Um, thanks, Nate. Again, thanks again for taking time out of your day to talk to us. And I'm sure we're going to get you back on the podcast again to talk about a couple of the games this season. We'll just have to schedule it and figure out what's convenient for you. But, um, but yeah, we appreciate it so much. And we're glad that you're doing good, man. Thank you. I'm glad you guys wanted to be out here. <laughs> it was our pleasure. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Nate. All right. Thank All right. Bye. Yeah. Thank you again, Nate. Bye, bud. Just hit end. Uh, I, I gotta find the end button. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's okay. Okay, bye. Bye. Okay, now I just need to find where the recording is. I just hope you can hear him. I think it was it was either his <sighs> internet connection was shitty or he was, like, moving it around. I think it was a little both. bit of both. Because sometimes it was crystal clear. Yeah. And then, and so that's why I just, I just let it go and I didn't, like, say let's start over because... I mean, it wouldn't have changed it, unless yeah. he went on like his cell phone or something, and I don't know if he was already on his cell phone. Just because he might have been, just because the way it, it was like it. Yeah, the way he was holding it, but I know. Hopefully, hopefully the audio is decent. Yeah. Okay. It's it's processing. I know.